What's up, my miners of intelligence and consciousness? I'm Rick Brooks, and this is Rick's Mind. Today on the show, I have a very special guest, uh, Dr. Trisha Goodnow. My mind has been, as, as you all know, it's been going in a million different directions with all that's been going on in the world. And I brought in an expert on social protest and rhetoric to kind of talk about what, what's going on. So welcome to the show, Dr. Goodnow. Thank you, Rick. It's great to be here. It's good to have you. So, I mean, I guess I didn't, you know, when we started talking, uh, the world was a little bit different it, as it seems to always be changing, right? Uh, we didn't, we, the capital wasn't taken over. So I guess we should probably address that right off the bat. I mean, what are your thoughts on that as a social movement kind of, uh, of going, of, of that happening? I just, I guess I just want to get your take on that. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. Um, because most social movements have a defined core and a defined leader. Um, and while one could argue that Trump is the leader, um, he's not really in the trenches, which most social movements have somebody who is, is in the trenches with them, who's leading the, the charge. So, and it's hard to really define what the purpose is. Right? Yeah. So what did they really want by by storming the Capitol? You know, they it, the only possible thing that they wanted would be an insurrection. So I find it really hard to to qualify that action as a social movement or even social protest. Um, you know, when the Anti-Defamation League, um, the Southern Poverty Law Center, um, a bunch of other organizations classify these people as domestic terrorists. Um, I, I hesitate to um, label them social movement or social protest because that's, it's just antithetical to what social protest is about improving society. And I have a hard time thinking that they're really trying to prove society for everyone just for themselves. I think I definitely think you're right. One thing I do want to kind of talk about, I don't necessarily know, and I agree with you, I don't think we should be calling them terrorists or anything. I think maybe disgruntled people because they believe that the election was rigged. And and I think that we we sort of alluded to this on our phone conversations. I think that there's a, a certain amount of fuckery on and in, in any election that you have. I think that there's always a little bit of cheating any, anytime you get humans involved, but I definitely think the result is accurate. And a big problem that we're beginning to see now, and, and it's not just America, it's, it's all over the world, is the fact that we have trouble discerning truth from fiction, right? We don't like, we don't know what's real and what's not real. And that shouldn't be a problem in the, in the, in the, um, information age right but there's so much information that people don't ever take a chance to really dive deeply and or even think for themselves really they just kind of take five minute snippets of what they hear on the news and then recite that regurgitate that as facts online and i think that we since we can't have a discussion about what's real and what's not real we're kind of seeing the ramifications of that right now well, yeah, I would I would clarify a couple things. Um, one, you say we shouldn't call them terrorists, but what was their purpose other to in, in, invoke terror? 
Um, while we don't actually have any kind of legislation against domestic terrorism, and that's one of the things that a lot of former um, national security individuals are saying is that we need legislation that pro prohibitly or specifically prohibits domestic terrorism. Um, I, I, I'm not afraid to call them terrorists. Too often, you know, if, if it's a brown person or a black person, it's easy to call them terrorists. But they're if they're white, we're afraid to do that, and I think that's wrong. Um, but I also think I agree with you that. that People don't think for themselves. You know, at this point, um, conservatism has made education kind of a bad word um, because they understand that if people are educated, they see through the lies. Um, so it, it's dangerous to be educated. But at the same time, we have all this information. So we should be more educated now than we ever have been before. But, um, Neil Postman in Technopoly. That's a great, I love Neil Postman. Okay, continue. Me too. Um, but Neil Postman talks about information glut. We have so much information that we can't wade through it all. What happens then is that we end up going into echo chambers, right? If I've got all these choices, why would I listen or read things that I might disagree with when I can just read stuff that's going to agree with me? So that creates danger. We don't know how to, to um, wisely choose the sources that we listen to. And even when we do, we don't think about what they're saying critically. Um, so uh, it's really hard in a society where it's my way or the highway, or when you're not supposed to challenge your side, right? You're not supposed yeah. to question what what the what the ideology or the people that are espousing your ideology are saying, right? You're just supposed to accept it, lock, stock, and barrel, and that creates huge problems, right? Because yeah, yeah. then you end up what happened on Wednesday, because you know, and and President-elect Biden came out and said that what Holly and Cruz were doing was their version of Goebbels, Goebbels, however you say his name. Um, yeah, the big lie, right? So Goebbels believed that, um, you know, if you tell a lie often enough, people will believe it. But yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't, sorry, we had a little bit of technical difficulties as always with uh, technology, but we, we've, I think we've worked the kinks out, but we were kind of talking about, um, you, you mentioned Joseph Goebbels, um, and if you tell a lie often enough, people will begin to, tr to uh, believe it's true, and then we got into echo chambers, that's right, um, and education, that's right, so I, I, one of the things I wanted to ask you um, is what do you think we can do to kind of fix where we are right now? Um, well, I think if I knew that, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> uh, um, I think it's, I think we have to educate people first. Um, we need to, media literacy needs to be something that is taught from like first grade on up. Um, I, I think we are not teaching people how to be critical consumers of information and media. 
And we need to be able to do that. Um, too often, you know, kids, it's easy for a parent, and this is not all parents by any means, but it's easy for parents to say, oh, just go play on your iPad or go play on your phone. Yep. Right. And so they get all this technology and they know how to work all the parts of it that maybe someone my age wouldn't necessarily know how to do, but they don't know how to um, absorb the information and critically consume it. So it's just, it just all comes in, you know? Um, You know, when I was in school, when the rumors went around, it was because somebody, you know, wrote something on a piece of paper and passed it around, right? And so the paper didn't go to everybody. Well, it doesn't happen now. Now, those rumors go on the internet, they go on Facebook, you know, TikTok, whatever. And so it's easier when it's when it's in a, a mediated format to believe that it's true. Yes. Yes. And and that's and that is a it's a very big problem when you have when when things like that are so common as they are today, I worry about our democracy because if we can't, we don't know what's true, how, and and we can't communicate effectively because we have all these echo chambers. How are we supposed to get anything done? Because, because of the two facts I just listed, now we're going to be unable to come to some sort of compromise right? And if you can't compromise or come to a common ground, then you really don't have a democracy. So like this problem that we're seeing, and I mean, that's one of the reasons why I started a podcast is because I feel as if a lot of people don't necessarily know how to have long form conversations with someone that they don't, that they might not necessarily see eye to eye with. And some of the social interactions that you see online are so crazy and so filled with hate because you're typing from a keyboard and you're not able to read a lot of, of the nonverbal communications. Like you would never, never say some of the things you see online to someone's face because it would really hurt their feelings. Or if you said something like that to me, I'd beat you up. Right. Like you did, there's, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that also. So I, I worry. I mean, I, I I am worried. I at the same time, I'm I'm very. I think that having Biden as president, although I'm I'm not a, a, not a fan, but like I think that as far as our nation's healing, I think that that's probably a good thing for us to kind of calm down a little bit. I mean, there's going to obviously there's a vast majority of the country that's very upset about that, but I think that eventually, uh, eventually it'll calm down. I'm and I'm not a hundred percent sure what's been going on in the news cycle. Cause I, I really quit watching the news probably like seven years ago. I just don't do it. You know, I, it's, I don't think it's good for you. They'll have you believing that the, the sky is falling every other day, you know? Yeah. Um, it's you know, our, our culture has so many problems, right? Um, the fact that Bezos and, and, people like him have like quadrupled their finances since the pandemic started, right? Yeah. And 
the minimum wage is the same as it was in like, what was it, 1979 or something? It's crazy. Um, and so I think you ha you have this, this layer of society who doesn't reap any benefits. Yeah. And then they get told the big lie that if you believe this person who's really only out for themselves, then then that's, you know, that gets perpetuated. Um, and then you have somebody like Joe Biden who, yeah, he wasn't my choice either, but I actually think he's the right person for the time um, because he has been there before. He is a moderating voice. Um, the progressives aren't going to be really happy, but most Americans probably weren't going to be really happy with really progressive policies, right? Yes. But he is presidential, which is what we've lacked for the last four years. Um, so I think there is an element of that. And, and more often than not, he will speak the truth. He will tell us the hard things to hear. Um, and I think there's going to be, you know, you've got this hardcore set of, of Trump supporters, these alt-right people who are about white supremacy and taking back the country and blah, blah, blah. But you also have a, a, you know, kind of a layer of that group that is kind of along for the ride at this point because it sounds like it's better, yeah. right? So I think those people are going to start to, and, and and many of them already have just out with what happened on Wednesday. They've kind of gone, wait a second, this isn't what I signed up for. Yes. So I think there's a possibility of taking that back. I think the big thing that needs to happen, and, and this is the hypocrisy of the Republicans in Congress right now saying we need to, you know, forget what happened and move forward. That you don't, you can't move forward from what happened on Wednesday without accountability. Um, there needs to be accountability, but there also needs to be different kinds of accountability. Like I, a firm believer in term limits, um, you know, when the founding fathers created the constitution, they didn't think people were going to be a Senator or a house rep for 50 years. Yes. But that's what happens. Right. And mm -hmm. so those people who've been there for so long, they accumulate power and money and they don't want to give it up. And they stop forgetting about who they represent and they just start representing themselves. So we need a fundamental change of representation and what that means. Um, because most people aren't getting represented at all. No, 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 nobody is. And I think that on both sides, a, a lot of people are really pissed off. You've got, uh, and, I, and I also think that most people are probably pretty in the center. You know, they, they might be fiscally conservative, socially liberal, and they and I, I I'm not a big fan of the two party system. Like I'm I'm a pretty libertarian human being. And I've said that a lot on the show. Like I just just leave me alone and you do you and I do me and let's just let's just live happily ever after. Right. And so I, I wish there were more parties. I think that everyone does. And I don't know how we go about instituting that. And I also think that we could all both every side could agree that we probably should get money out of politics to the to, to the best extent that we can. Right. Like I think that um, I believe as Bernie Sanders said that he wanted money out of politics. And I was a huge fan of that. Not a fan of everything he said, but like I really liked that that point that he had. I thought that was great. Um, so I think that that part on that point, though, Citizens United needs to be overturned. Corporations are not people and they shouldn't be treated as people. Um, and that's been, I think, one of the worst thing that 
things that's ever happened to our politics is saying that corporations are people. Um, corporations are made up of people, but they are not in and of themselves people. And you put an awful lot of power into the hands of a few people that run mega corporations like yes. Bezos, et cetera. Yes. Absolutely. That's that's a lot of power. And that's a lot of I mean, if you throw money, I mean, if you look at some of the people that are in Congress or even in the military, right after they're they retire, they get jobs at like Halliburton, right? Making one point five million to two million whatever. I don't know. I'm just throwing out arbitrary numbers a year. So it's like this old gentleman's club that as long as you pat you give me that contract or you you go ahead and push this motion through like we'll take care of you after you're done. Um, and that's that's not right. It's probably just a no-show job, essentially, right? So you've got like, like a cartel basically set up in, in that system. Um, I, I definitely would agree with you that uh, that's, that was a, a very uh, poor decision. Another thing that I also think is bizarre is like when we pass a stimulus package, that's 5,000, like maybe 55, a 5,500-page document how is that possible? Like, how are you supposed to read that? Like, how, how like, there's so much room for fuckery in 5,500 pages or however many pages that is. That's insane. Like, there's so many things that are getting just pushed through that we have no idea about. And I'm absolutely, and, no it, I don't know that. if you've seen or heard Hamilton, the musical. Okay. I, I, no. Okay, so there's there's a line in there where Jefferson, I think it's Jefferson, is making fun of Hamilton, and he talks about how his financial system that Hamilton created, that is the basis of what we have today, he talks about how it's so many pages, no one can understand it, you know? And so I think our history of, of those kinds of things is, is kind of baked in. Um, but But the thing is, there's... In those 55 whatever pages, there's all kinds of stuff that doesn't belong in there. And I and I wish that, you know, that this notion of compromise in politics has been, okay, I'll pass your uh, defense spending budget, but in there, there's going to be money for farmers growing soy. Like, why did, I mean, I'm just making that up, but I mean, but those are the kinds yeah. of things that happen. And it's like, that doesn't belong. Like, no. just stop. Please stop. Like, yes, that would be. I, there's a, there's a lot. What, where are you on? Where are you in? I just had a very spirited conversation with a friend of mine who's a photographer uh, named Tim, and we were we're kind of chatting about the Black Lives uh, movement, and and we kind of disagreed. I, I kind of approached it from uh, a more as I a, a more like, I get it. I'm in, but it kind of scared me because I, I, we, we talked about specifically defund the police, defunding the police and how I said, I am, I know that that's not what it means, but if you're trying to get Joe Beasley from Missouri to understand what you're trying to say, he's probably not, he's going to read that and be like, yeah, I want no part of that. I know that you, if you would have said stop the militarization of the police or anything, I'm just I'm just saying like in, in in terms of like trying to get more allies on your side, more people that aren't people of color and maybe don't understand. But saw, we had a moment, right? We had a moment in time where everyone in the nation was like, 
yeah, that's fucked up. George, that can't happen. That's terrible. That's like Rodney King, but we're like worse because he died. Like, like we can't like we got to do something. We had we had a moment and I felt I feel like the messaging we lost. Potentially a large a lot of people that were in a position of power that could have helped. Right. Because that was our moment. We lost them with that. They were able to just come to, no, I don't want a part of that. What are your thoughts? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. That was that was a huge rhetorical mistake. I think so, too. Um, um, you know, and I don't know, saying demilitarize the police helps. I don't, you know, and I think that's been the problem is finding the term that is going to accurately reflect what it means and appeal to people. Um, defund the police, I think, I don't know where that started, but it sounds like a good idea, right? Like, we're just going to get rid of, we're, you know, we're going to get rid of these awful police officers, but that's not what it means. It means reallocating resources. So, you know, if somebody calls, you know, calls 911 and says, hey, there's somebody who's, I think might be having a psychotic break. They're kind of freaking out. You don't send the police, you send social workers. Like, yeah. that makes sense. Um, but I don't know how you how you and, and that's the problem, the other problem with our culture because of, of the information glut. Um, our brains are getting trained to work in sound bites, right? And catchy yeah. phrases. Stop the steal, make America great again, you know, um, take back the soul of our country. All of the, you know, and that started with, well, I mean, it's been around forever, but, you know, if you don't have a catchy phrase that accurately reflects, you know, that that's the problem. I mean, that's the, that's the, uh, the, I guess, the infotainment um, basis of our culture now. Yes, right? it, you, it you is. You can't just have something serious. It has to be entertaining as well. I think, I, I yeah, and I think, um, and I want to get, we're going to get back to that movement, but I do want to make America great again was the probably the, the most ingenious slogan. At, I don't know. It was pretty good. But it wasn't his. That's the thing. This is a KKK saying from the 19, what, 20s? 30s, no. Are you shitting me? I had no. no I'm not. <laughs> no way. Really? Yes. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yes. You're blowing my mind, right? We're, Debar, you got to look that, put that in the show notes. But that is, that, you just blew my mind. Not only that, Reagan used it. I mean, it's, it, you know, okay. people, it, it wasn't Trump. Okay, and, okay. But then you have to ask, what, you know, what do you what do you mean by make America great again? Where when was it great? According to the standards that you're trying to reestablish, right? We're talking, you know, he would like to go back to the '40s, you know, back to segregation, back to pre-Brown v. Board of Education, and a lot of people would. That's and crazy. that's problematic. I, I I would agree with you. I think I think there's probably quite a few people that would want to go back to the. I, I I sometimes have that debate with my parents when they're like, you know, I just want to take things back. Like, well, it's it's better now than it's ever been. I, and I also think that I want to say for that who? We're, for who? I think I'm gonna I'm I'm I would say yes, we have a lot of problems, but I would say probably for everyone, it's better now. Than it's ever for me. I'm able to attend a university. I'm able to uh, generally not 
fear for my life, right? Like, but again, I'm saying this living and sitting in my my house in West Lynn, right? Like, but, but I'm saying for, I yeah, think we, for people- We've talked about your background, Rick, and, and you're not typical. Definitely not typical. Definitely not typical. But I- I think I I do feel though it, it there is still I don't I don't believe necessarily that the American dream is dead and I've said this a billion times I think sometimes that maybe the belief in oneself has gone I I still think that if you really want something and you're willing to make the necessary sacrifices, you can achieve that. Now I will say this, like as, as a, as a person of color, right. I have experienced racism and, but I, at, at a certain point I decided that it wasn't real. Right. Like, and I, this is just how my own mind works. Right. It's my, it's, this is me. It wasn't real. If you hate me based on the color of my skin, then I feel sorry for you. And I think that maybe that's a, a, a lack of education or B, maybe you had one negative experience with one said race. And that's why that's just determined your, your, your make it your, your mind. You've never tried, tried, tried to have another interaction again. And so you believe that. And there was a guy named Daryl something. And he was a black man that went to several KKK rallies and ended up having those people leave those rallies because they'd never had an interaction with a, a black person before. And then when he's, and he's a very smart man, when, the, when he, when they started talking to him, they're like, Oh fuck, I think he might be smarter than me. What I've believed is a lie. So outside of that, I think that, so getting back to what I was saying, me not believing it's real. If I experience some sort of, of like, I don't get a job promotion. Fuck it. I'll start my own company or I'll go find another job. Like it, it does. If you build a door, I'll either break it down or find another one to get in because I'm determined and I'm driven and I will succeed. I won't take no for an answer. Now that said, I also have talked to a lot of my friends and they're like, don't you think it's fucked up that you've had to callous your mind to be that way? Like if you were white, you wouldn't have to do that. And I was like, that's fair, but I'm, I'm super positive and the most positive Patty ever. I think it's made me better. Right. I mean, but that's just how I have to look at it. I, 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 I think being black was the greatest gift I could have ever gotten being born. I'm very proud of it. And I, I, I sometimes wish in the media that they would share the positive stories. But I also, in saying that, on, on, on this show, we're also on a quest to find a different narrative for people of color because we're not, we don't, we're not just rappers, basketball players, football players, we're scientists, we're accountants, we're everything. But the, we're, we're hunters, we're fishermen, we're, we're, we're cowboys. There's a, there's a, there's, there was a, a ton of black cowboys that were responsible for settling the West. That's not necessarily a good thing, but we can get into that in another podcast, but that's a forgotten part of our history. And that's upsetting to me. And that was a huge tangent, but <laughs> you got me going. But I mean, that's, those are my thoughts on it. I mean, I, ha I have to believe that, right? I think we all should. I think it's important. I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, just a random aside, there is a current OSU football player who's black who 
if the whole football thing doesn't work out for him, he wants to be a rodeo star. So, you know. Hell yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, but, but again, you, you come from a privileged position, right? So you have, you have the privilege of being able to callous yourself against those things. There are many black people who don't have that privilege, right? Um, there are many black people who weren't given opportunities to learn as little kids, right? There, there are many black kids who are told, you know, I, I work with a lot of student athletes because I teach in calm and, and we have a lot of athletes or calm majors. And, you know, when I talked to some of the black athletes, you know, especially last spring when the whole um, Black Lives Matter thing kind of blew up, uh, a couple of them really had a reckoning uh, because they realized that their whole life, they were told they were useful for their body because they were good at football. They were never told that their brains mattered um, their education was secondary. Yeah, you get to get it when you're, you know, while you're, because we're going to give you a scholarship because you play football well. So, you know, and, and for those people to have a reckoning saying, wait a second, I am more than my body. Um, you know, they're privileged too. And there's people who, who aren't good athletes, who aren't good rappers or whatever, who don't get those opportunities. There are many that do, but there's a whole lot more who don't. I would a hundred percent agree with you because I grew up in a predominantly white community and I was pretty good at football. I got a scholarship and I think I do agree that my life would have been vastly different and I would have probably had a much tougher time if I didn't have the frame and the size that I did. What if I was more sensitive, right? And, and maybe more artsy and wanted to draw. And then I didn't necessarily fit the societal narrative that was placed. I fit right into that narrative, right? And so it was pretty easy for me. Um, so I definitely understand what you're saying. But but couldn't you also argue um, that being good looking is a privilege, right? Like. Like that's like probably when we get down to brass tacks, like that's the best advantage you could ever have is to be beautiful or good looking or, you know. Yeah, I mean, th there are some downsides to it, right? Um, Believe me, I know. <laughs> I mean, if you're a very uh, pretty tall statuesque, statuesque blonde woman, it's just automatically assumed you don't have brains. That's right. Fair. Yeah. So, I mean, there are some downsides to it, but yeah, absolutely. No, I, I believe that most isms, racism, sexism, um, homophobism, I guess isn't an ism, but you know what I mean? Um, ageism, all that stuff. It's all based on the visual, right? If we could get rid of those, you know, the, the visual stereotypes, we would be so much better off, um, which... Unfortunately, you would think that the internet would be kind of like the great equalizing force, um, but it's not, right? Because, no. because while you take away some of that, uh, that visual element, you also take away the interpersonal element. And yeah. so that creates more issues. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a, did, did you... Fine. When you let's get back on the the BLM, um, one of the other issues 
that I had with it. And, and I, I, I'm a sporter, right. But I just watching from far, um, was I didn't, I didn't know who were the leaders. I never found that out. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, there are leaders of the BLM movement, but like in the Portland protests, um, I, I actually was looking at one point to see who the leaders were and I couldn't specifically identify. I mean, I could say, oh, this person's organizing this thing, but it, but there wasn't an overall leader that I could find that had kind of the overall vision. And that's what you need a leader for is to have that vision for what, for, you know, what's the end goal? How do we get there? Exactly. And also more of my, a little bit of my conspiratorial, uh, side was thinking if everyone is semi on our side like what is really going on because like in the 60s and 70s 50s even 50s 60s that was there weren't a lot of allies right like pretty much everyone was against so it seemed fishy to me don't say everyone not everyone but not not everyone but quite the majority i would say i don't know i didn't disagree I didn't live back then. I'm kind of I talking disagree. out of my ass here, yeah, but a little bit, but I, I don't know. I didn't, I feel like there, there's definitely way more just like corporations and stuff. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm suspicious. Well, no, I, so for example, in um, like, if you look at the protest on the Edmund Pettus bridge, yep. there were not very many white people on that bridge. There were a couple, right? but there weren't very many. If you look at the Black Lives Matter protests this summer, there were many white people. There were a ton. Yeah, there were a ton. And that's and that's the difference between those because, you know, in the 60s, there was, I mean, there was the women's liberation movement, there was the anti-war movement, there was the, the civil rights movement. Um, and sometimes they intersected and a lot of times they didn't, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they were using different strategies um, and, you know, for the women's movement, a lot of it was actually convincing women that it was worth it. Right. Um, the anti-war movement, I mean, that's a whole, you know, anti-military, but, you know, you're the, um, the draft and taking people who didn't want to go. I mean, it, you know, for a war that nobody really know what it, knew what it was about. So, I think the 60s were fundamentally different than where we are now. Yeah. Um, I also think, I mean, at least for the the middle part, when you had Johnson, when LBJ was president, Johnson, um, you know, he picked up on Kennedy's legacy and really was fighting for civil rights, I, even though he was one of the most racist presidents we've probably ever had. Yes. Um but he also knew that he couldn't back down on what Kennedy had started. So um, you had you had power, you know, at the higher echelons of government supporting some of this, some of these things. Um, but then you also saw, saw like with Kent State when when Nixon sent in the National Guard, how that ended up and that was bad. Um, but now, right now, we have a president president who foments the the alt-right into you know the big lie we go back to who so until you get somebody in charge who is saying no this is wrong right um you know 
when Trump talks on a teleprompter, he looks like a hostage, right? Doing a hostage video. And no one believes it. Um, and his first response after the, the takeover of, of the Capitol was, you know, I love you people, you're very special. But please, no violence, right? Yeah. Who believes that? Yeah. But, but, that, but that enables people to go, we're on the right path. So until you get a president going, no, this is wrong. And not only is it wrong, we're going to hold people accountable and Congress has, has to hold people accountable. That's when you start. I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, if you go back to this, to the civil rights movement, it was um, Rosa Parks, even though it was way more staged than, than we think it was, yeah, you know, yeah. sitting, yeah, refusing yeah. to go to the back of the bus. Right. Um, and yeah, she, she suffered in the moment for it, but you know, it, it takes those kinds of, of, of actions, those people that you can point to and say, this is wrong. Um, so it's going to take some people to say, no, this is wrong. It's going to take a couple people who are in that movement to go, you know what, we've been lied to, yep. um, to, to kind of make people go, wait, really? I thought you were part, like, yeah, I was, but I, but no, we were lied to. This is wrong. So um, I think we're in for some very scary and dangerous times um, coming up just because, well, I mean, we have a person who is fomenting it, who has power. And yeah. there, there's a Congress full of Republicans who are supporting him. I was, I was very, very um, um, nervous when Trump tweeted that Pence was too cowardly to do what needed to be done. That's when I was like, ooh, I, I wasn't at that mo moment in time. I, I had like two theories. Number one, I'm not sure how mentally stable you are in this moment. To put that out on the out on the out on the internet, and two, it's like I don't. I feel like you haven't lost much in your life, and you're having a tough time accepting the reality that you lost a presidential election, and you're kind of acting a bit like a child, like you're throwing your VP under the bus. Uh, are you're? I mean, you're you're not having his bag. Or you think he's betrayed you when you've really just lost an election? And I, I think it was. It was very concerning to me to see that. And, and I don't, I, I mean, I, I would agree with you in the sense that we, I, I didn't think we're, I didn't think that we were as close to like uh, almost a civil war, if you will, until they stormed the Capitol. I never thought we'd see it that way. And I was like, whew, that's, uh, that's nuts. Like he's, 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 Let's just, he's Trump is like the worst part of me that's in power. He's just a, he's a, he's an ego. He's got a huge ego. And I mean, that's, that's definitely not what you want out of a leader, especially of the most, that has the most powerful military in the world. And that, I mean, that's my first saw. I was like, shit, he's got the, he's got, he has access to our nuclear codes. Like, are you kidding me? That's uh, that's not good. So I, I, man, I am very, very concerned. But I mean, 
it's what he's got like 10 days left, nine days left. Something like five. Is it, is it the 15th? Yeah, it's the 20th. Oh, he's got 10 days left. Okay. Yeah. Except, uh, you know, but, but that's the thing. What you saw what he did in one day. Um, I actually posted on Facebook today, um, a video from parlor, um, which, which takes his, his one and only inaugural address from 2016 and kind of played it over scenes from this week and saying um, March or January 20th is, is the reckoning. So they've already, they've already, it's already been reported that there are plans um, for January 20th to be the next kind of stop in their war. Um, but I, I do want to go back to the Pence thing. It's interesting to me, well, a couple things. One, that Pence and Trump have not spoken since that that day. Really? Well, that's what they are reporting, that they, have, they haven't yet spoken, um, which means he never called to say, are you okay? The, this, and the second thing was that because when Trump posted that, there were people shouting in the Capitol, hang Pence, hang Pence. So... That's frightening. And it's frightening to me that Pence still won't remove him from power. He has the power to do that and he won't do it. That's, uh, it's very interesting. I've, I've always said this, like, um, let's say, this is, we're, we're getting a little specu speculative right now. So you have like, you have Antifa, right? That is kind of affiliated with the, the would be the more progressive movement and you have these alt-right characters that are associated with the left i've always been a hundred percent convinced that these people in power right let even trump he's probably got some guy in the alt-right that he's like i needed to do this this and this and this can't get back to me right and i feel like the demonstration at the Capitol would be one of those instances. And and I'm not entirely sure that we are not going to see more things like that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, each party has their own henchmen, right? Their own brown shirts of crazy people that are just down for the cause and will do whatever needs to be done. No, be no, 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 no. I refuse to, no, I, I will not play the both sides game. I don't see any left group threatening to overtake the capital. I I mean if you look back to when he was when Trump was elected. Right. I'm, there was a lot of unrest, right? There were there was there was the million women march or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's what people did. They put on puss, pink pussy hats and complained. But I mean no and, one was taking up arms and saying we're going to stop the count. No, no, de definitely not. That that didn't happen. But I would say this. I mean, Antifa generally is associated with the left, and they are they're also a very problematic group as well. First of all, Antifa is not a group; it's a philosophy, and okay. everyone should be Antifa. There yes. is no organized group called Antifa. There is no leader of Antifa. Right. Okay. There are groups that say, hey, we're part of Antifa and we're we're gonna protest this this white supremacist group or this pro-Trump group. Okay, yes. Yes. So the ideal, right? Can be problematic. 
But to yes. say Antifa is problematic feeds into the narrative that Trump promotes. Okay. That and I, I'm with you on that, but what I'm saying, and I'm not, I haven't, to be honest, I have not researched this. I have not delved into that world, but what I've seen, right? Like, I'm, right, we're falling into that same trap. I understand it's an ideology, it's anti-fascism. I'm not, what is it? I'm not 100% sure of what the rest it's of that is. anti-fascism. It's anti-fascism, right? So what, what I've seen, right, on both news cycles, right, are destruction on that on that end right like uh their worst moments per se maybe it's the ideal i don't know if it's a group but people that are are claiming that rhetorical name i have done bad things i'm not saying i, I i'm at everyone and i will also tell you that it's been proven that some i i don't know that it was always proud boys but sometimes proud boys sometimes boogaloo boys claimed to be Antifa and were causing violence. Which is I, why on Wednesday they wanted to say, oh, it wasn't it wasn't Proud Boys, it was Antifa. And it was clearly not Antifa. Okay. So so we've we've we're not we couldn't really could you actually yeah you'll have to send me where you found that. I'm very intrigued by that. But um by what? The the what you just said about the, the people the people that are a member of the Proud Boys being a part of, affiliated or part of Antifa. No, they're not. They claimed to oh, they be. Cl- so they claimed they, to be? They cause violence and, and it gets blamed on Antifa. Okay, fair. How would how, So it is not a group. There is not like rallies or meetings you can go to be like, yo, I'm a member of Antifa. No, I mean, there, there may be subgroups that do that, but Antifa itself is not an organization. If you go on to the Anti-Defamation League, you go onto their webpage um, and you look at the hate groups that they talk about. Um, there, there's a question, and it says, "Why isn't Antifa a hate, designated a hate group?" Mm-hmm. And they say, "Because it's not a group; <laughs> it's it's an ideology." Um, so, and and those people, I would think, do their homework a little bit. I would think so. I would think so. I don't trust anybody, but I tr- I do trust you. So I'll take your word for it. I just, I've never, that's the first time I, I, I do remember during the debates, I believe Biden said it's an idea. Um, did not follow up on that because it was, it was abhorrent to watch both of those guys go at it. Nothing. What's, we should probably stop that as well. Like um, it should be like a three hour debate with a really, where they're able to really explain all of their ideas and stuff. That would be. Nobody would listen. I think I would. I definitely would. Long form. Each person gets like 25 minutes to go through their plans on how they're going to fix stuff. I mean, it'd be important. That's, that's why you have web pages. I went to both. I went to both political parties' web pages and not the political we, parties, the candidates' web. Yes, I went to Trump's web page and I went to Biden's web page, and it they were lacking. They weren't. They weren't very good. I went to Joe Jorgensen's page too. To be fair, and uh, there was a lot of things that were pretty lacking on that as well. Well, uh, I, I was teaching political campaign communication in the fall. And so one of their assignments, and I gave them a list of, of um, 
um, issues that they could research. And they had to research Biden's standpoint and Trump's standpoint. And just about every paper came back and said, wow, there was so much information on Biden's page. There was very little on Trump's page. There was- And I, and I looked at both pages as well. And Biden had plans for everything. He did have, he did have plans. Trump had plans. I maybe maybe it was a fact that I didn't like most of what I read, but uh, that could be it as well. It could be it as well. And and um, my girlfriend was a huge f- fan of his healthcare act, and um, especially some of the plans for um, home home health and home medicine and whatnot. She she liked that. Um, I'm pretty ignorant on on that on that front, but um, it's. Uh, it it is it is very interesting to also see some of the shifting demographics of the the nation. Like I couldn't believe that a Democrat, besides Clinton, in my memory, I don't think a Democrat's ever really been able to carry the South. And he got Georgia. That blew my mind. I did not see that one coming at all. And um, I, I really I that's Stacey Abrams. That that I don't think that was Biden. That was Stacey Abrams. Really. And then Arizona too, I was kind of surprising. But I mean, um, when you have someone that is as divisive as uh, our current commander in chief, um, I mean, most people were like, "We got it. We got to end this. We can, we can't have this. The world's laughing, right?" Um, but part of me will miss how crazy of a guy he is, and just the uh, for the entertainment factor, but for the healing of the nation, like I think it's a good thing, most definitely a good thing. I think that, yeah. um, and I'm I'm excited to kind of see um, what's what's going to happen. I definitely don't agree with him on a lot of things, but like I said, as far as healing, I think we need to heal as a nation. Um, what? What are your thoughts kind of on, it seems to be like mainly in like social media realms, kind of our cancel culture, like from a rhetorical standpoint, like uh, in a a communication standpoint, what are your thoughts on that? Again, it's, it's this, it's this slogan that people can throw out, cancel culture. They want to cancel. Yeah. Like, no, it's called the marketplace of ideas. And people are saying, no, we don't want this. You're done. Period. Like, it's it's not, it, when you say cancel culture, it somehow makes it seem like it's nefarious. Um, and yeah, probably there are some things that are dumb. But, but in fact, it's the marketplace of ideas. And, and, and I would like to believe that's why Trump wasn't reelected. The marketplace of ideas that we had four years of his ideas and people said, yeah, no, we don't want to do that anymore. Right. Yeah. That, that's not canceling. That's 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 saying we think there are better ideas that we want to support out there. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in the context of like social media. Right. If someone does something bad, they are maybe their account or if, if let's say some of these tech companies don't agree with what you're saying, they're able to uh, either pull your content or block it or, or something like that. I mean, we're all the marketplace of ideas, right? Oh, these companies, wait, these companies want to make money. Yeah. 
they are supporting ideas that a large segment of their customer base finds offensive, they know it makes more sense in the marketplace of ideas to say these ideas, mm -mm, we don't want them anymore. I, I, I would agree with you, but I feel like you, I, I, like, like the divisiveness of our nation stuff and people that are, don't want to wear masks and, and, and whatnot. I tend to think that that's a bit of a good thing. And the reason I think that is I think it's really important to think different. It doesn't matter how crazy your ideas are. I still am glad that you might have an independent thought process or thinking some differently than me. And if you have these companies that are eliminating certain ideas, right, like that might be controversial, but they still potentially – uh, I'm just, this is an ex extreme case, but they might be right or grounded. Like I, 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 just because everyone thinks one way or thinks something's right, like that doesn't necessarily mean it's true. So that would be my concern in that. But, but it's not like these people are saying, oh, I don't like Donald Trump. We're going to use him permanently. Right. Um, and but again, that's the whole point of the marketplace of ideas, right? And it's a private company. It's not a public airway. That's true. It is definitely a private company, and and, and they should. And uh, they have the right. They have the right to do that. Absolutely. So I, I would I, I understand that. But I'm I guess I'm not talking about in in regards to like politically or, or Trump. Just I'm trying to think of a good example, and and everything's escaping me at the moment. But let's say. I mean, I've, I've got I've, I know some people uh, who have been, you know, sent to Facebook or Twitter jail for 12 or 24 hours because they made a comment that they didn't like. Well, you know, I, again, it, it's a private company. Um, you don't and you don't have to be on there. No, definitely not. Do you By choosing to be on there? You agree to play by their rules. You do. You have to click a box that says you agree. Yep. You need to read the terms and conditions, peeps. That's what you got to do. Uh, I don't know, though. It's tough because I feel like social media is, in a sense, like it's causing a lot of problems, but it's also it's also such a huge part of daily life, right? And there's just there's so much on there. Now, I don't even want to get into like whether that whether it should be protected as a means of, of free speech because it's complicated. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with free speech, right? We have the right to say a lot of what we want, not everything, right? Because some things are viewed as not for the public good. So I can't threaten your life on social media. Nope. Right? Because that's, but all all free speech, you can get to say it. It doesn't mean you don't get consequences. This is true. and that, But I think the best, the best, the best antidote to poor speech, right, is, is more speech. And I right. want as much of that as seemingly, I mean, I want to hear from a flat earther, even though I think you're wrong and you're crazy. Like, I still think it's kind of cool that you're, you think that way. And it's hilarious. It provides entertainment for me. But I just, when you start blocking people or, or 
kicking them off these these platforms as a means of connectivity, I don't know if I in good conscience could agree with that, especially if you have some sort of fall. You might be a radical, right? But I still think that you have a, a right to to put that message out there. You know, someone eventually will prove you wrong. There, there are a million different ways to get your message out there. You've got this podcast, right? Yep. You say anything goes on this podcast. That's right. So is anybody censoring you on your pad- podcast? Absolutely not. I'm the king of this kingdom. There you go. <laughs> right? So you don't you don't have to go on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. You you have the there are other options. You can write a book, you can write a blog. Um, you can send out your own little newsletter. Like there are a million ways for you to say that to say whatever you want to say. Yeah, you might not have an audience as big as Twitter to start, but if what you're saying is good, it grows and it spreads. I mean, there there are millions of examples of that. This is true. The only thing is like if my livelihood is this podcast and let's say iTunes doesn't like me and they kick me off, like because of something that I said or I have an idea, let's say that I love pink Tampico juice and they hate pink Tampico juice and I'm all about it. And they're like, now you're, you're pulled. I, I don't necessarily think that's, I don't think that's right. Um, but I mean, again, yeah. it's there, then I have to build my own platform. I, I, they built a door. I build my own platform. And then I, I, I track my audience over there. I, I see what you're saying. Picking up what you're putting down. It's very, 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 uh, I'll have to think about that some more. I have to think about that some right. more. But and it goes back to read the terms of agreement, right? You have to. You have to. Well, we are out of time, but I do want to thank you so much for Thanks. coming on this show. Pardon? This was fun. It was fun. We'll have you on again. Um, and it was, as always, it was a pleasure. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. And you know what? You you managed to teach me something. So I thank you for that. Well, that's good. Thanks. <laughs>